Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I am very very overjoyed oh yeah yes because today russell Mm. we are here with the two people they are actually one artist but it's two people but they are basically made the blueprint for what you and i believe in yeah which is that art is for all Yes, and, and me and you are basically two people, but we're one interviewer. Uh, well, I mean, we are. We are We are <laughs> one interviewer meeting one artist, and it's such a privilege. And we've been wanting to speak to today's guest for so long. From day one. Since day one. Mm. And I've realised, doing the research for today's episode, just how much they've influenced the way I see the world and the way that I love art so much. And I'd, I'd kind of maybe not remembered like the impact you'd had on me weirdly and then yeah I was really touched like doing all the research and looking back at all the amazing works that I used to see here at White Cube back when I first used to see shows in London and also South London Gallery and like all these amazing places. I remember I had a poster of Dirty Words pictures that was signed by these artists on my wall which I loved. Yeah exactly. Yeah well we would like to welcome to Talk Art Gilbert and George. Hi, guys. <laughs> How are you? Very well, extremely well. We find you at White Cube Mason's Yard, and we are here for your new show, New Normal Pictures. Uh, all the works are from 2020. Uh, Started before 2019. But completed in 2020. Completed. Take one and a half year to make. Right. So you And the date is the completion date. Are there any of them 2019? No. no, because uh, we only sign them when they are finished. No. Uh-huh, got it. So how, th- th- First we are doing design, then we do the one-to-one, and then we sign it. Then you sign it. It's like the old artist. You design, <laughs> you make sketches, you make the, the what you call a small sketch, then you make the one-to-one picture. And that's what we do. We always have done that. It's a phenomenal body of work. It's kind of mind-blowing. Uh, and... It's not all of the whole show. This is just a quarter of what we're seeing here, but we're seeing a monumental <laughs> body of work, right? We're very, very proud. This is the, probably the biggest showing of the three shows of the new normal pictures. The other ones will be in Paris later this year and in New York. 
in September in New York, and that's quite a big one as well. And at the same time, we just opened a big show now in Frankfurt that is a kind of uh, 21st century pictures. pictures. So get, getting this much work together, has this been exhausting? No, we are, we are hungry for more. Knowing every day, this morning, we, we designed a show that goes to, uh, not Tasmania, but uh, what's in other? New Zealand. New Zealand. They've Just been, this they've morning. They've been asking us in Auckland for many, many years if, if I were going to do that. But it's quite exciting because there is no problem whatsoever. We have so much work that we can choose. We can do whatever we want. So, and you work every day? Of course, Roughly not, not, every not, day. Not that we think it's work anyway. It's not work, but there is a we, different... We wouldn't call it work. It's, what would you call it? It's based on different stages, no? We do the stage where we are taking the images. And that's a, what is, what you call, what are we looking for? What ins- inspires us when we open the door of Fournier Street? That's it. What is in front of us? Not art, but life. And we take images maybe for six or seven months, no? And we categorize it in subjects. We have big books with contact sheets, and we open all the catalog, uh, contact sheets, books, and put them out on many different tables. One go, and what inspired us that day, we do a picture from those pictures. Would you say you were documentarists in some way? Not for one second, no. no. We think we're not showing life or reflecting life, we're trying to form our tomorrows. We think the world is an entirely different place from 1967 when we left St. Martin's. London was different, the whole world was different. We are all different. And the world has changed enormously. And we believe we played a small part in that and we want to take it forward. We're great believers in the force of culture of of Western civilization, the triumph. We're safe and free. And there are many, many countries and territories where you're not safe and free. Yeah, correct. We're, I... very, we're very, very privileged, spoilt brats, and we should all realise that. And it was because of culture. The church didn't do it. The government didn't come up with new ideas. They, they didn't invent the permissive society. People invented that, right? Yeah. But writers, tra- writers, musicians, artists. But we are trying to make, when you say, we are trying to make a picture that is inside our head. It's not the real one that is outside. It's how we feel inside. No, that is life for the us. Interior. How we feel only inside. No, the pain or the how we happy, unhappy, religiosity or what they call or too much of this, too much of sin, too much of good or whatever it is inside. But it's not a visual, completely like taking an image. We are inventing the inside and putting it on the wall. The interior dialogue. Yeah. So it's, what it's, how, it's, it's how we are. You will write different poems when you're 15 from the poems you'll write when you're 25. Correct. And it's how we are, how we think, how we feel, how we hope, how we dread, how we fear, how we, all of those, how we were brought up, all the things we did before, accumulative, that has to be lifted out from inside ourselves onto the picture. We can't see them in the sky. They're new. You can't get a perm out of nowhere. Yeah. It has to be dragged out from inside yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But it started all in 1967 and 68 when we created the idea that we were the art. Mm-hmm. We invented the living sculpture and the journey, the journey started and the journey is interesting for us. The journey, everyday journeys towards the end. No? We call it a pilgrim, 
Pilgrim's Progress. But that is exactly what are we confronted? Oh, too much drinking, too much happiness, too much sky, too much religion, too much nationalism. So all these subjects are in front of us and we are producing them and shoot them on the walls. That is our journey through life. It is extraordinary that. That's why we can never uh, run out of ideas, because the journey is always different. What we think and what we feel is day-to-day different. Right. I think I've always been really inspired by the kind of, the whole human, you know, is is, is presented, the whole of each of you, or, or you know, the combined two of you, uh, is, is present in the art. And it's actually quite unusual, that, because that, you might describe it as honesty, but you might just describe it almost as, as factual because it's this complete experience of humanity that I think is missing in so much of society. Like there's so many rules and regulations and society codes and all this stuff. But like what I love about what you do is the the way you'll include like every single part of us, whether that be from like the shit, <laughs> you know, to the love, to the obviously, passion. Obviously your first choice. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I mean, we say it's a kind of, a kind of letter writing because we always said that each, when we did the big show in China and we had a press conference and they had to translate that and they wanted us to say what, what is a picture, they didn't get it except what is a modern picture it, it wasn't the normal thing yeah? and so we had to keep it simple we said each of our pictures is a visual love letter from us to the viewer and they all stood up and clapped for half an hour amazing, amazing. and they are in fact they are a, it's, a, it's a letter yeah. we say if, if somebody's in, if you're in a museum with someone and you see a a Van Gogh, and you say, oh, come and look at it. You don't say, oh, come and look at this tree and a bit of grass. You say, come and look at the Van Gogh, because, you know, it's him speaking to you from the grave. Yeah. And I think because it's personal, our art is totally personal, and that moment it becomes global. Yes. If, if it is very personal, then all can read it. Everybody's able to read it. And we have invented a language to be what they call our pictures. We invented a form how to make pictures. It's our visual language, and it's very modern in some way, yeah. very clear, and you can put in a uh, matchbox. It reads perfect. It's very good. It's, it's succinct, modern. Yeah. But it is very universal, your language, and yet all of your work centres around East London. But yet it has this universality that everybody can... It is universal. The universe is in East London. We do believe that. <laughs> we have been saying it for 50 years. Yeah. Normally we used to say Liverpool Street Station. <laughs> <laughs> we used to say if a, if, a, if a spaceship is approaching planet Earth and they say, if you've only got five minutes to film, they want a typical planet Earth place. They've heard of zero... They say, didn't go there. <laughs> go to Liverpool Street Peace Station. <laughs> Get everything you need there. Where, where we are is it anyway? I mean, we live in a French street built on a Roman cemetery. We have a, a Anglican church at one end of the street. We have a mosque at the other end. It, it, it was a Huguenot church before that. John Wesley, the daughter of Karl Marx, Annie Besant, all lectured in that district. On Brick Lane, there's the address where Oscar Wilde went for when he wanted opium. There was a there was a, a Russian vapor bath huge Russian vapour bath on Brick Lane until 1910. What's a vapour bath? Like a spa? A, a sauna club, yeah. A sauna club, right, right, right. Have they got a plaque for where Oscar... No. What? No, no. Got you know where that is. We found out, yeah. So what are you hoping for? Like you, And you're very open about where you live. I mean, a lot of your works up to recently had your phone number on and we your address. Had, we started in 69. Telephone number because we wanted to be famous. You did want to be famous? <laughs> of course. What, what, what was that? Like, what is it about fame that you guys wanted? We, we wanted to uh, 
That's, that's, that's another story, like the Chinese one. We, they showed our film, The World of Gilbert and George, last year in a small foundation in Italy. Mm. And we, were, we had to go down for it. And then they surprised us by saying there's a question, questions afterwards. We had to do some questions. And all the questions, it was young people and old people, they'd all seen the film, and they wanted to know what it was, what is an artist? What, so we said, you, want to, you go to art college and train, you find a, but they didn't mean that. They want to know what it is. And it's very, very difficult to explain that. Like, like all things that mean something, it's very complicated and very simple at the same time. Mm. So every next question, get, pursuing the subject, they were dying to know. And we had to, th again, we had to think quick and we said, we do it because we want to win and be loved. And they all stood up and clapped. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of these stories. Men, stand men, up and clap men, you. men, women and children. <laughs> and very funny because we showed The World of Gilbert and George, a film that we did in 1980 and was done by the Oscars and they got rid of it. And we found it, in, I don't know, in America and we digitalized it to putting up to date, it's amazing. David Rubilliard is briefly in that. He's the angry young man. Have you? Yes. yes. And, you saw and, that film. And, and it's extraordinary. Andrew is the young man. Yeah. Because we used to go out in the street and phone the street and we play and call these boys in and ask them about this global, what it, called, what it feels being alive. And about it. Amazing. So what are you hoping for when you open your door? Because you said hope is like a, a medium in your practice. When you open your door every morning and you're capturing the world around you, what is we're not we're not, ca we're not we're not capturing the world it's not we're just stepping out on and we we're, you're stepping out into the into the world and yeah. and your feet go down and yeah. you know that whether you like it or not all of the rest is all around isn't it? it's yeah. a great big sphere yeah? yeah and and you're walking on it whether you whether you th think that or feel that you are yeah are you constantly alert yeah oh, yes George more than me no, I didn't. <laughs> I but anyway, but are you constantly in East London, and then when you leave East London, like we're in West London now, you can relax because this isn't the place you're capturing. <laughs> no, we are not uptown girls. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're less less like analytical because I always see it as some kind of like almost like you're you're ar ar archaeologist or something like yes. like going around. You know, because if you look at the work downstairs, for example, I know this is a common thread in your in your work, but you have all these little um, graffiti kind of texts that people have written in, on walls or. These kind of very subtle, small, but very personal, intimate kind of moments that someone scribbled a little message, and then you've kind of put a spotlight on that. So it's, I, like, so it's like visiting Egypt and seeing the Sphinx and the yes. pyramid, but hieroglyphics. No, yeah. it's the same thing anyway. What, what were they thinking then? What are they thinking now? I, in some ways, we expressing ourselves being alive. That's what it is. The journey is an artist is roughly is that feeling what you call expressing himself being alive you know? and then like recently we realized that we started instead of looking up you know, in the sky yeah. we started to look down and the new world arrived there like the, all these new pictures you know, is look, looking down on the pavement mm. and walking because we are getting older so the walking a little slower mm. so we started to see a new world there and it is like a super tramps walking you know, yeah. to the end of Today we always liked the idea of tramps. You know, we started out with the, but underneath the arches, the two tramps, and we never went away from that in some way. It's still walking. The tramps are still walking. What is that? Because you feel like that's the authentic. Because life we were outsiders always. We, we, were, we, surrounded, never we were surrounded in. by tramps when we when we moved to. We only moved to Furnish because it was the only place we could afford. Mm. And it was we were surrounded by. There were three hostels 
for men and one for, one for women. Yeah? And there were ten, thousands of men, a lot damaged by the First World War, many damaged by the Second World War, and a, quite a big percentage damaged by the sex laws. Yeah? Right. Extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, yes. That is, that is, went down and down and down. Yeah? But that's extraordinary. That's, that's, why, that's why when we... When we left college, we didn't apply for a Gulbenkian grant because two people never apply for a grant, right? And you can't go for a subsidised studio again because it was only one year out of decriminalisation, for fuck's sake. Yeah? And not yeah. even teaching. Well, that's the year and you, you met, right? Yeah, you, wouldn't, you yeah. wouldn't even get a teaching job as two people. Yeah? Yeah. But we did wander London, and as we said earlier, we, we believe in the, the triumph. Yeah? So you walk through London, you see all these big railway stations, yes? Victoria, Waterloo, King's Cross, and all the tube stations, the names of the tube stations, Baker Street, and the shops, and the offices, and the clubs, and the police stations, and the palaces, and the prisons. It's an extraordinary achievement, no? Mm. And that, that's true all, that is true all over the world, where you are free and safe, yeah? Right, yeah. And but that, all that's, that's, yeah. that's the triumph. That's what we're, we, we want to maintain and advance it, no? But we rem remember all the tramps were living in the basement of the church, in Christchurch Christ Spitalfield, mm -hmm. and they had this enormous fire outside there. There were Light. two fires, one near the market and one just in front of the church there. And they used to, we used to call one Van Gogh. He always followed us. He had a shaven head. He looked and, like And he was after our whole entire, with big stones, he was chucking at us all the time, <laughs> completely mad. But in some way, all friendly. It is... The next second, all friendly. And we still have that. We have them now, here, all the time. I mean, the, the biggest friend, one became the, uh, the biggest friend of ours, George, the other George, for the last 20 years, you know, has been sitting in front of our door every single day, except the, not the last six months. But mm. Is he, George is he, is he in one of the works downstairs? Because I, I noticed yeah, the, George, the big work in the... Yeah. Number, number 12. And George yeah. would give him two, yeah. two quid a day to buy cider yeah. and, and um, instant coffee. Right, right. It's interesting thinking about the idea of like social change. If you think of the amount of developments, even just in the UK, that have happened in your career, you know, from the beginning of your you guys being students until now. The world, the changing world. Yeah, well, the whole world, yeah. But if you think about just the UK, say, like if you think about like gay rights, all of these kind of, you know, things that have progressed, but also how little things have changed in other ways. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think the importance of art to highlight you know social issues and to bring about change because like you say it is art that brings about change yeah. really yeah we're not actually advocating anything we're just providing the opportunity for people to decide for themselves yes we think we're doing we think we're doing what they did in the 19th century thought transference they did it on stage you know they ask for somebody's fountain pen and they tell their <laughs> life story and everything we think we're doing that as artists in a way okay. you know we we the images and the things in the pictures give thoughts to people they'll take home and maybe discuss, maybe not, maybe think about, maybe forget. And that, it is a sort of thought transference. It's kind of liberalising ourselves in many different ways. No? That's what we have been doing, seeing the world in a different way. And it has changed in an extraordinary way from when we started art. And when we started to do this, these artworks like queer and all this stuff, it was nearly, and then nearly trying to take it down the wall, non-stop. Non but we always had this, what you call, battle. 
but we always succeeded, no? They always tried to take the pictures off the wall, but they never actually did. Yeah. Well, it feels like you've always skirted around or, like, jumped into outrage and taboo. You've always felt yes. like you've, you've, that you've never been fearful of that. Not, not that it is. Only people say that, yeah? Yeah. People say, why shit or why... The manufacturers of lavatory bands are not there giggling in the factory, right? No. The manufacturers of lavatory paper are not all giggling. <laughs> like this is going to wipe someone's bum. Yeah. <laughs> but what, but we, were, we, were, we were even amazed because we were so impressed by this <clears throat> huge population of these tramps and damaged people. And we realised that they're nearly all Scottish or Irish. Yeah? They were. For the English day. go to New York. Because when we went to New York the first time, All we, they, we said, where's, where's the rough district around here? They said, you go down the Bowery. And we went into a bar where, you, where they only drank sherry, mm. sort of n- not sherry from mm. Europe, but some concoction. <coughs> and they were English. Sailors who jumped ship or got disgraced or something. So it is universal in that way. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the Salvation Army is one of the biggest charities in the world. And they have a place in every port, yeah? Yes. The, big, the biggest citadel is in New York, yeah. Even when it was found, founded in the East End. The, f- the first outdoor sermon by Booth was in the little park at the end of our street, Valence Road. All the socialists were there. Out of doors. The daughter of Karl Marx, all there, preaching non-stop. Social, social reformers was all around us. Toynbee of Toynbee Hall, all, all, all What about the vicar yeah. of, of Oscar Wilde? Yeah, what's he, what's he called again? There was a fantastic vicar. I've just got the book about him. I can't think, but he was, the, he was the only person who turned up at the gates of the prison. Oh, read in jail? Really? For Oscar Wilde? Yeah. Wow. And he liked, what, what did he say about girls? He was very keen on the theatre because he thought it was good for the soul. And most vicars thought it was a sort of dodgy stuff, yeah? <laughs> not, not so... But you guys love, love the theatre, right? You go... Quite regularly. We, 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 we have a recent, friend who recently. takes us there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our big friend of ours in Manchester who knows all about theatre, and he takes us. But We but would the, never go. But the, but the vicar was on the side of the theatre. That was one of the reasons why he supported Oscar Wilde, because he thought he was a playwright. Yeah? Very liberal idea. Yeah? But he, he said that it was very important that the performers show their legs. <laughs> the vicar said this? Mm. Yeah. Because, of course, because right. we're, God, <laughs> we're, we're God's, oh God's creatures, right? That's why. Right. Because everybody hid their legs. That's why they invented the can-can, to try to show something of the human body, right? Even they had all big, long knickers on them. Yeah, yeah. He thought the performers should show their legs, yeah? And he turned up at the jail for Wild. Wow. Really? And he's, there's a story about this man. There's a movie there, surely. <laughs> Have you ever... Like, his church is just around the corner from us. Again, in Bethlehem Green. Just around the corner. Wow. Two minutes walk. Wow. We're also two minutes walk from the, awesome. the tomb of... Uh, tomb of William, William Blake, Blake, William Blake, yeah. and, love. and Daniel, Bunny, Bunny Dan, Daniel Defoe, <laughs> yeah, over the road, and and yeah. the the most famous least read book, Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan is buried there. Yeah, only one gets flowers, albeit in a jam jar. <laughs> William Blake. William Blake. Yeah, we are fascinated by William Blake. It's just it's what he called the floating, this this brain, this all floating above you. Don't you think you are never you never know where it is? It's not part. It's not. Down to earth in no way at all. It's just yeah. extraordinary. But you guys are quite spiritual, even though you're not religious. There is something in your belief in destiny, are. especially when it comes to the two of you meeting each other and the life you've lived. That's why we say ban religion. Yeah. <laughs> ban religion, but believe in destiny or believe in fate. Or we believe in the moral. The human, the human, the human 
the moral dimension we always have been. We invented this moral dimension for ourselves, what is good and what is bad, and that changes every single day. But that our art is a moral dimension. We always said that. We're not, we're not this. This is, this is not what we are. We are not abstract. We're not cubists. We're not that. We are the human art with a moral dimension. The human person is there all the time. As what we are is figures. a great invention. This is a frail figures and meeting sins and whatever we do, but anyways, we are human. Is this just, you talk about yourselves, yeah. frail figures committing sins, or are you talking about the, the human? No, 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 us, ourselves, only yourselves. the two of us. What are the sins you're committing? <laughs> <laughs> we did, but we wouldn't tell you. So. <laughs> do, you do you ever feel, you were talking about this, this homeless guy who was wanting to like, throw a rock at your head one second and then not, and you have people that regularly Van visit Gogh, you, Van Gogh. Do you, have you ever felt scared or threatened? Because it feels like whenever I've read these stories that you've gone through, they're always told with a kind of twinkle in your eye, like it's all fine. But it is all fine. But the, but the, but I think, you, I, think we got a, I think we got away with murder ourselves, don't you think? I did, I, I, yeah, I just feel like, have you ever felt vulnerable or, or scared of, of these kind of people? I remember, I remember when we went to the Blitz uh, pub, uh, the club. Not yeah, the Blitz, Blitz club, yeah. In the Blitz kids. No, there was in, not in 1980, it was in 78 or 79, we yeah. went in there, yeah. and ah, it was 19... 77, because we just had a show in what you call... The mental pictures. The mental pictures, and we had a, a small party at the club, and um, we were eating and stuff, and then we saw this big group of East Enders, you know, shaven heads and girls and all the stuff, and we started to talk to them, and they were offended in many ways. There was that sad phenomenon at that time of young people from the East End and the, who who wanted to be in there with this thing they heard about, yeah, but didn't know how to do it. So they would travel into the Blitz in Great Queen Street near Holborn, and, and they just, in the end, get very frustrated because they, they really didn't agree. They wanted it, but they didn't want it. Do you know what I mean? <coughs> and so the, the problem is that what they call George... What do you call it? They got quite irritated and full of other stuff. And when George left, and they came over and beat me up. <laughs> they did? Oh, yeah, the big... A bottle, bottle over his head. Yeah. So you're laughing now, but at the time, was you <laughs> it's scared? Not the first time. So you've been bottled before that? Oh, yes. Another <laughs> group in Finsbury Park. I remember I was in hospital around a quarter for a week or something. But, but, but that was, that was that, that, that is a twinkle. Yeah. It's like this is quite a lot of trauma, but does it, you, as, as living sculptures, as artists, do you feel like these things happen? As research for your work, are you or you, where where does the work end and like? Mm, it's part of life, that isn't it? We 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 went to the cinema in Finsbury Park. Finsbury yeah. Park. I think it's they revived it now as a cinema. It, uh, uh, and, and we came out late. We seen an amazing horror film with Vincent Price, mm. and we wanted to have a drink in the pub before taking the tube back. Mm. And some young man stopped us going in. Yeah, and I said, "You can't do that. It's not a club." And, you have to let me in. I, I sort of made a f- sort of Devonian upper class twitty. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and they, they were obviously very angry, and they wouldn't let us in. And we walked away. We came under that big tunnel, that big tunnel there, that big, big the big bridge. And halfway you know down, we heard running, and we turned, and there were two youths running at amazing speed. Toward, they leapt into the air. It was no trick, and then land on top of you. Beat us up. And anyway, then an ambulance came. <laughs> took us in, and the, 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 the good thing is that the chap in the back of the ambulance says, uh, he was concussed, it was concussed. And he said, can you describe the evening so far? 
to the patient because you, you have to start the thing working huh? what happened where you have dinner and everything and I started to describe the film that we just seen I thought this is the most recent thing and I realized the poor chap was listening to this horror story of wind and the count coming down with the axe to the castle <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lee with red eyes coming down the thing but was you scared we, at we, that point we went to no oh, it feels like you have no fear it was very good we went to the big hospital in Holloway and uh, it was at a time when visiting hours were very strict and it didn't apply to me. I sat there, thought I was a policeman. I was making sure. Amazing. You two have this incredible um, kind of bond that I, because I've never spent much time with you. I've met you briefly here and there, but it's fascinating to watch. Like there's a real joy between the two of you and you seem to have this real sort of it's vitality a, and joy of life. That's it was an amazing journey. What, what, what a success story the, the world is. Like we All did. of our young friends who moan, we say, you're crazy. It, you've, more people go to more countries than ever before. There are more book, Everyone said that the book was going to be finished. No. People said the cinema was going to be finished because nothing's finished. Everything's enormous success. It's out of this world's success. But for us, it was extraordinary. Like we were able to do more than 100, 100 uh, public exhibitions. That's extra. Not, nothing to do with not, not gallery shows. Not gallery shows. shows yeah. Museums. Yeah. More than 100. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah, it we come from a generation of people who go to art school, leave art school, get a teaching job, and hope maybe at some point there'll be a small exhibition yeah. before they die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We think the Conservative, the Conservative Party creates artists and the Labour Party creates art teachers. Right. Miss, Mrs. Thatcher changed all of that, yeah? Yeah, you're pro-Thatcher, right? Oh, yes. She, well, capitalism. She's, she's not here anymore, but yeah. You're allowed to buy art, no? You're allowed to have money to buy art. If not, you become a teacher of art. And they are art was completely nationalised in a very dull, horrid way, yeah? Just that's go, art, the, that's what we all feel. they did was to, is to have a grant or a teaching job and go to the West End Gallery to see the successful foreign artists. Right. That's, what art, that's, that's, that's how that's, we started That's art. no good, yeah? That's no good. Have you rubbed up against some aggression with your political views, like pro Brexit? All, all, all the educated middle classes are against Mrs. Thatcher, yeah, of course. Ah, we, what, do, what do you expect? I mean, we don't talk too much about it. Because, yeah, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's quite amusing to just say the word conservative, and then you feel they are worse than a pedophile. Only, only this very narrow confine. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fine with taxi drivers or waiters or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just this mad... And yeah, but you quite like that shock factor. We, we, lo we want to be on the other side, but then you, you start to think. You know? If not, you are just part of the, yeah. what to go to the big river or, yeah. or nonsense. But if you are on the other side, that's what we are outside the art world, then we see everything much clearer. I feel like you are Anglophiles that live here. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's what I feel like. And also, you are pro-monarchists, and I'd oh, like yes. to know your of opinion of... Did you, have you seen the Harry and Meghan no, we just, we just say that, that, that a... What do you call it? A democratic country with a monarchy is a very intellectual way to organise the society. It just gives a human element together with the voting system that is unique. It's because in the other country... And, 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 it, it in in the other country, they have to invent one, no? The president, you know. Who's, who's the president of France? Who's the president Who's of Germany? Nobody Nobody knows. Anything, huh? They need to all get a prison in the end anyway. It's a yeah? kind of... A, they do. It's a kind of, uh, what you call, figurehead, you know, artificial figurehead. It's well, someone described the Queen as a living flag. 
Have you seen? It seems, it like, it like seems, seems a little coarse as a description, but yeah. Have you seen Harry and Meghan's Oprah interview? George didn't. I no, did. but we, we have a very. I, I was brought up proudly lower class that it's very bad form to gossip about the royal family. Mm. Very bad form. And we you, you, like you, you, can, you can say the Duke is coming to Exeter next week, or but not gossip. Yeah. Right. And I think, I, think, I think that's quite a good rule. Yeah. 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 And uh, Prince Charles thought was, I like him, what he does, what he behaves, hugging trees and all that stuff. It's fantastic. And um, for a long time, you had the royal coat of arms. At the beginning. At the very were, beginning, again, on, because we wanted to be famous. Yeah, on your work. Even on, even on our first books, we had it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, all the letters, they all stamped with the... We had no paper with it on to start with. Yeah? Illegal. We wanted, we wanted to be established. Yeah. We, 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 we were poor lower-class country boys ho- hoping to get through and win. And not only that, because won, we God, made an art that was not accepted as art. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of what we do, did at that time was not accepted as art. And so we had to invent everything to make ourselves what to go, clear and clean and sharp. That's why we put on the... What do you, you used to call the suits? The responsibility suits, suits of, of our art. art. The responsibility <laughs> suits of our art. Not to alienate any section of society. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I read your manifesto, which talked about suits, from 1969, which is the core principles of the law of sculptors. And your number one was, always be smartly dressed, well-groomed, relaxed and friendly, polite and in complete control. We kept to that. I, I hope we have so, and these man- this manifesto is something that you've stuck to all this time. Number two was make the world to believe in you and pay heavily for this privilege. We did that as well. We did that as well. Number three, never worry, <laughs> assess, discuss or criticise, but remain quiet, respectful and calm. I hope we kept that one. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine you guys ever getting angry, like even when these people were jumping on your head and bottling you. It feels like you were really polite. <laughs> but I, I actually heard you guys say that you shouldn't alienate people and that, and that you would never swear. Like yourselves, is that true? Because you, in your work, you we use never swear ourselves. Swear words in the art is fine. In the art, it's fine, but as people, a, you would never do that. Which no. I, we never swear. Yeah, it's we only it's an artwork. We never swear. But what is your favourite? Do you have a favourite swear word or a favourite dirty word? I mean, uh, no, it's not that. I mean, we did the dirty words pictures in 1977. Mm. If we'd done them in 67, we'd have nearly gone to prison. Yeah. Even the first magazine called the Gilbert the Shit and not Josh the Cunt in 71. Mm. Yes. Mm. And even what they call like the, the God. Even, 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 even the. Recently, and that's yes. quite interesting about God. You know, yeah. Insulting God or well, poor and, God and, and everything. And was very angry about that, I read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, I thought she, were, she went to. She showed her knickers dancing. She became an embarrassment. <laughs> she became, <laughs> she became, <laughs> a, an, became an embarrassment to the party, in fact, didn't she? Yeah. Yes, I guess so. But yeah. it was um, that was like that was quite a controversial moment. You had people that was here, wasn't it? You had people picketing, or was it? No, we never we never had pickets. Son of a, son of a God show the pictures that show you're talking about. Was it in, in Hoxton? That's in Hoxton. Yeah. You but, had people that. But were, we would never have members of the public are never against in that way. It's only somebody from the from the media. Right. There's a huge right. gulf between the media and the general public. Eh? Right, right, right. You, you can do a th- thousand. Shit pictures tomorrow, and the taxi driver say, "Oh, good on you, mate." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the the, the, the new the journalists from a slim little magazine. They're all what do you call the not the label, the 
the middle classes, they can be quite, they think they know it all. They think they are it, and that's why we are never part of that. Mm. Now, our motto is never have what? Lasagna. Oh, this, is a, this is a new one. <laughs> never have lasagna in other people's houses. Just one more I th- manifesto. I, th- I think it's because we, we, don't, we don't like the idea of, of snobbishness, yeah. but I, I must say I was brought up to believe that the middle classes were the backbone of the country. That the local chief of police and the shopkeepers and the school teachers, it's part of the British way of life. It's not entirely true, I found out, in adult life. There's a, there's a mean streak of middle-class life which can be very unsettling for a lot of people. Mm. They think very they know it all. They think they are right. Everybody thinks... I do, every again, I don't like to be snobbish, but... <laughs> Yeah. The lower classes are never like that, never. Mm-hmm. They're much more forgiving, yes, which, is forgiving. Imp- which is important in life. Absolutely. Well, the last point on the manifesto <laughs> was, the Lord chisels still, yes. so don't um, leave your bench for long. We kept to that one. What does that mean? The idea of God, you know, he's still manipulating the world every single day. Sure, and anyway. we, are we are doing that you know. The change, the Tsunamis all over the world, can you imagine? <laughs> the changes are happening anyway as we speak. If we didn't do these pictures, nobody else would have done them. Nobody else is running around like twits picking up drug bags to put in the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's even Anyone could have done the Dirty Words pictures. They were all over the streets. Not now. Now it's all artistic street art. But then it was only... Fuck shit, tit, <coughs> that was all it was. Eh? Mm. Anyone could have done it. Mm. Even the but drug they bags. They didn't. In the drug bags, it's quite interesting because they have been around us for years and years and years. And even on television or like law and, law, law and order in America, they only talk about drugs nonstop. It's amazing. Even today in Thailand, they're all selling this. What, they call it. what a subject. It's such a big subject. Nobody mentioned it in art. No. And that's why the extraordinary... We don't take rocks. Never took We're probably the only people never took in, in art who didn't take it. Yeah? All our art school teachers did, all the students did. Mm. And, but it's an amazing modern subject, it is. That's what it is. You it's cannot open writer. a local newspaper or a national newspaper without reading about it. True. That is true. And, and, it's a, and it's, 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 it's everything is there. It's obviously a great joy and happiness to a lot of people. It's obviously a killer to some, somebody else. Yeah? Mm. You used to be Reminded. big drinkers, though, didn't you? That's played a lot. Only, only, only as, only as a... <laughs> The drug bags reminded me when, when I was at Oxford the, as an art student, there was an American satir- satirical songwriter called Tom Lehrer. Right, I don't know. Who every, everybody knew, mm-hmm. and uh, he, they were very witty. He wrote a song called The Vatican Rag, and then he wrote one called The Old Dope Peddler. And I learnt it at Oxford and completely forgot it. And because of doing these pictures, it all came back to me. And it's very simple. Uh, Every evening after sundown comes the fellow everyone knows. It's the old dope peddler spreading joy wherever he goes. (laughs) He gives the kids free samples because he knows full well that today's young innocent faces will be tomorrow's clientele. So here's a cure for all your troubles. Here's an end to all distress. It's the old dope peddler with his powdered happiness. It's a good song, isn't it? That's very that catchy. Catchy. <laughs> <laughs> One, that actually makes me ask a question, though, because 
your minds seem to be so encyclopedic mm. and you seem to, and I don't know whether you kind of help each other because there's two of you to be this stronger brain, mm. but somehow you, your memory is like unbelievable. Is, is that just because you're constantly keeping yourself questioning and curious and like, what do you think the secret of that is? We're supposed to be losing our memories as we get older, no? I know, but you don't seem to be, do you? I think I need to get whatever the secret is. <laughs> I mean, we remember quite a lot, yes. Yeah. Down to everything detail, what part of our life, not outside, but our life we remember. Hmm. Everything, well, how George picked me up. How did he pick you up? <laughs> Tell us that story. Steady now, steady now. No, we love it. <laughs> this, and you two, well, you two met at the year homosexuality was decriminalised, right? 77. 77. Not, not that that mattered to us, <coughs> I didn't think, because we thought that we were in the centre of the universe. Yeah. First of all, we were in London and Britain that it was the age of anything goes. Everyone yep. said that. The other one was a free love. Everyone said free love. Uh, everyone was talking about the permissive society. We were in the Charing Cross Road. Christ almighty. Soho. We, we Soho there and police cars. Every, every 30 seconds there was a police car whizzing by. And, and there were film crews from countries that we'd never visited filming at St. Martin's School of Art. You know, this modern... Famous school. That's sure. why I went there. It because it was so famous. Global very famous. famous. Well, I was in Munich, you know, studying art, and then I saw this, what do you call this, exhibition of uh, new generation sculptors, you not know, mm. Carl, Tucker, King, and all the stuff. Mm. And I was impressed. I thought, uh, I have to leave this old-fashioned, what you call, German city mm. and move where it's happening. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's, let's say, like... Uh, Full of artists did that, no? The Romanian one, what did he call the he went he walked from Romania to Gordia No, Gordia no, the other one, the one the what is he called? The famous one. After the anyways. And so I managed to get in St. Martin's School of Art. It was an extraordinary idea, no? They they went through some photograph of mine and they said yes. It was extraordinary. Wow. Philip King said yes. Wow. Philip King was the main man at St. Martin's. I think he said yes. The man who said yes. We always have people who said yes. We realise that in all our lives is based on some people say yes. The other ones are not important. Like the first time that the German gallery, Conrad Fischer, said to us, yes, yeah. that was it. And then Ileana Sonderman in New York said yes, that was it. No? Mm. It's very simple. Nobody else would say yes. They were the only two people alive at that moment who would say yes. No one, like no, no one else knew who we were or what we were. Mm. Was so that's really like good. a relief at the time. The, these were people who knew an, enough of themselves yeah. but to, the, to recognise uh, something in us. The, yeah. the, 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 more, the first time that we became known was when we did, we did this postal, postal sculptures, no? and we did in the message of the sculptors, it was called, no? like cigarette ash and makeup powder, and the little story about how we behave. Postal art, yeah. Yeah, and, we sent, yeah, yes, yeah. and we sent it out to 300 people and we got the address from Conrad Fisher in Düsseldorf and we sent it out internationally. We, overnight we were famous. Overnight, because they were so beautiful, done, so perfect, all handmade. No? From America to Australia to Japan, all we had full of contact. Overnight we were famous. And with that thing, with a postal really, sculpture. It's a really nice thing to, for young artists today to consider doing something like that. Because post art like Ankawari yeah. and Ray Johnson, there was a lot of people that made it immediately. Well, actually, we've been getting yeah. quite a lot 
sent to us to the gallery to my gallery from artists and different people reaching out it's a really touching we we were just filled with a horror that a a lot of artists had at that time and still have we still meet young people they say i i do what i do i go to my studio every day and somebody's going to come they never will we never thought of that we went out there we went to all the galleries in london they all said they all said no we went to we were totally we went to everyone whether we would like to show there or not strange ones that weren't exactly galleries in Knightsbridge. They were on the gallery list, so we went. They all said no. There is only one that said yes. We asked one gallery to show the shit and cunt for one afternoon in the Robert Fraser Gallery. Mm. And he said yes. And I I thought it was like a five-minute yeah. (laughs) Felt like the longest yes in the world. Longest yes yes. you've ever heard. (laughs) And, And what's the name? There was a filmmaker who actually filmed it, these three or four people coming in to see it. Wow. This is the shit and what show? Shit and it, was, it was a, a magazine, magazine sculpture. Good with shit and George the Cunt. Oh, yes, 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 right. In, in a little cabinet, yeah. And with the Comrade Fisher show, I loved that show, and it's it was a kind of quite important show for you, you know, because it gave you this idea to sort of leave things behind. He gave, he introduced us, he set it up all in all over Germany that we were able to do the scene sculpture. Yes. And in other European, yes. in, in Düsseldorf, in Nuremberg, in Berlin. Tell us all what the scene sculpture is for people that wouldn't know. <coughs> How you... So, so it's, all be, it's all because of the, it's all because of the tramps really, because of where we were, yeah? and because we we didn't want to do what everybody else, all the other students did. So when we left St. Martin's, mm. we, we didn't try to make some chiselly sculptures. And we didn't want... We knew we were artists anyway. We knew we had, had it in us, mm. yeah? Mm. We, we, st- we still had nothing, yeah? We didn't have any money. We didn't have a space or anything. But it was through seeing London, like I said earlier, you see the cathedral and you see the prison and you see all this stuff. And, and wandering through London, and we came across that little estate. We know a young man who lives there now. It's like a utopian estate near Euston. Chalton Street is called, I think. Right, yeah. And it's sort of 20s, beautiful buildings. And we were very impressed. And the, the, there are poles in the garden with great big birds commissioned by Royal Dalton to decorate the garden. Everyone is different, huge birds. They're nearly all stolen now, and occasionally they come onto the market. And we were amazed by that. It's extraordinary. These people living in these flats. And then at the front, there was a laundrette, uh, off-license, a... Uh, something else, something else, and there was a second-hand shop, and you, you could see immediately that the shop, because of where it was in London, mm. it just had the things that the people in those flats left when they moved out. Oh, right. You know, the lampshade with the donkey on or something, yeah? Yeah. or the last year's telephone book. Or, it was just a huge shop <coughs> full of human detritus that nobody, they hardly ever saw. And we went in, it had this amazing junk shop smell, and then we found this pile of records, and one was called Underneath the Arches. And we thought, oh, we know what that is, yeah? That's exactly where we live, yeah? Right. And we took the record home. And we found, we, found some, we found somebody who had the record, and we, we, we realised that the, the words were exactly what we were thinking. Because, again, we, had no, we, we were very idealistic. We had high hopes, but we didn't have anything, yeah? Yeah. It was, it was trying to be cheerful, though against all the odds, mm. yeah? And it says the writs, the, the writs we never sigh for, the Carlton you can keep. There's only one place that I know, and, and that is where I sleep, underneath the arches, 
I dream my dreams away under the arches on cobblestones we lay. Every night you find me tired out and warm, happy when the daylight comes creeping, heralding the dawn, sleeping when it's raining. And sleeping when it's fine. La di 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 da 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 da. Pavement is my pillow. No matter where we stray, underneath the arches, I dream my dreams away. Then we got it. Now you need to stand. Got it. Now you need us to clap stand and stand. Could <laughs> oh you see? Could you see that we got it? And then it was all there. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. then right we in front of us. Then we Everything. then we started to the, the jolliest, saddest, most fantastic thing. Yeah? Against all the odds, these, these two chaps in the studio, we started to dance with it, to no, with a stick, not. And then we realized, oh, we could do this in in the art schools. This so this we, is an artwork, as it's full of everything that so we've ever thought about. So we took it about. in all the art schools, not all uh, the Royal Academy, St. Martin's School, Camberwell School of Art. Uh, School of Art, uh, on, a, on a small table, we would go up and... Uh, they gave us a, f- a lecture fee for doing it. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay. It was a way to do it. And then... Uh, the greatest moment was when we did it at St. Martin's, which had turned against us when we'd left anyway. Ah. But we said we would like to do the singing sculpture. They sort of agreed to it. And we wanted to do it in the assembly hall. They had a big place there. Yeah. And we'd, uh, we'd seen Friday afternoon events at St. Martin's. Famous artists come to talk. or uh, Richard dealers. Hamilton. Richard Hamilton. Okay. But it was always like th- three students. Nobody knew it was on. It was always badly arranged and we we always thought they're so stupid yeah so we did an amazing campaign meeting campaign for, for our friday event got, coming we up had, uh, we had badges, badges with, our, with, our, with our blood on come to see our new sculpture all the time and day and night we were advertising for so one when week we, when it happened the whole room was full all wow. the teachers there all the, all the people from the design and the fashion they were all there as well yeah so you made a whole like marketing campaign essentially. Yeah. You were like promoting it. And, and that time, love that, that time we only did it once. We did it twice the song and then down again. Very brief, we, without a makeup. Mm. That came later. And but, what but, happened? The, but, but then the best thing that could ever happen within that situation happened, which was that in the middle of the sculpture, the head of sculpture, who was called Frank Martin, everyone in the room knew what he looks like. Yeah, got up and stomped out. Oh wow! 
That was it. They knew we were right. Yeah. Correct. The revolution was on. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they know we're right? Yeah. Why, why, why be enraged? Mm-hmm. Why stomping? <coughs> Famous framework, ex-desert rats. Christ mm. Almighty, he was. Hero, wow. hero of the Second World War. So that, so, was, that, good, that was a good feeling you had? That yeah, it was like, a very good feeling. Won, but won. That was we're amazing science. So the amazing next you knew you were doing the right we're winning. Thing. Amazing yeah. science. So the, the next good feeling, uh, when we started to put the makeup on, the yes. multicolored like metallic bronzes and, and all then, stuff. Yeah. And we did, I think, that one the first time nearly in the Hyde Park, what do you call yeah. Walk. You know, the, this famous uh, Mick Jagger, what do you call it? Rolling Stones concert. concert. Rolling Stones mm-hmm. concert. We did a tr- we did a journey, what do you call a big walk around the around it. It was amazing. All, all the multicolored heads on, and they all stopped us. It was amazing, like a relig- religious people. They saw. Wow. Strangely, looking back, we didn't go anywhere near the stage. We only went for the audience, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We weren't dark to go and gawp at some pop stars. Huh? We wanted something. <laughs> we wanted to succeed to get through. Yeah? And they, all asked, they all asked us extraordinary questions, like, like we would know. Sexual And like then sexual that was... Sexual questions. Huh? <laughs> sexual sexual questions. Sexual, a lot of sexual questions. They all masturbate underneath some what, blankets and all the stuff. A lot, of, a lot of boys or men were sitting down with their knees up. And they were wearing, you don't know what a caftan is, do you? Yeah. They had caftan, and they were wanking off underneath. When not, you two were walking past. Yeah, of not, course. Not because they were being dirty, not because they were being disgusting, because it's free love and it's... Everybody, you know, everything is acceptable. It's allowed. Anything so goes. A lot of sexual activity <coughs> around. It was a meeting it, open. It, it, it wasn't rude it was or anything. Open. Yeah. And so that, that so we, we had the multicolored head. Then Conrad Fischer asked us to do the living sculpture in Dusseldorf. And we went there and... We make the decision to do it for eight hours nonstop. That's right. For like, the first time. That's the, op- that's the opening hours. The opening hours. The trance. I mean, that must. That have been was extraordinary good. You were very conscious. They stayed there for eight hours, not moving in front of us. They, they, were, they were in a trance, if anybody. And you just both just looping the song. No, this. we went uh, one song. Then you, one has to go out, go down to, to switch on the. To go the record again, rewind, and and George has the stick on. And then I go up, and George gives me the stick, and he goes down to put the record on again. So up and down the whole day for eight hours. Wow! wow. But you form this thing like your mannequins, like your dolls. And yes, we kept it very formal. Not that very emotional. We could do it. No, we were express, not dull. We were expressing amazing emotional through the song. Mm-hmm. No, completely looking up the sky. They all. They all dreamt about it. And then we took it to New York for two weeks, non-stop, eight hours a day. It was just extraordinary. When was the last time there, you there did it? Well, right now. We did. We did <laughs> it. Right now, but like, <laughs> I, know, as an I know where you did it. We did it in, in France, in Bordeaux. But I remember for the anniversary of uh, Jean-Louis Formeau had this famous Special museum thing. with full of art, and, and, and he wanted us to do it. We did it for, I think, one day or something. When was that? The, I, I must have been 99 or something. Would you do it again now? Is it something you consider? Who knows? But this, the extraordinary thing is that how we felt it, it's true. There's nothing that it didn't mean to somebody. Huh? You know, there were kids completely fascinating, mm. and they, they wanted to travel with us to the next... They asked their parents, could... 
they, they could turn the handle. On you. And there were women crying because they remember something about their father or something. Yeah. Mm. Extraordinary. It's interesting, but, the, the idea of the present moment and how present you are in it. Because A, you obviously believed in it so much, which is why the work was created, because you had that very visceral connection to, to that work and to the words. But also this kind of very present connection to the audience or something. It's oh, yes. fascinating. I think, I think people feel... We, we were brought up with a, an ideology that the artists felt superior to the viewers. They felt that they do their strange art and people out there will never understand it except maybe mm. some special people. Mm. And, and we disliked that idea at St Martin's very much, the superior attitude. We thought, why would you not want to do an art that reaches anybody, whoever they are? Yes. Like, like if you invent something for medical, you, you, you would want it that everyone can... To be sure. Have the cure. Yes, not, of course. Not that it's only for this or that. Or why would you write a book that nobody can get past page three? What a daft idea. Mm. Yeah. That you have to have a, a human content that, whether you're old or young or come from Africa or Sydney, you can still be able to get something from it. Yeah. And that, so it that, was a that kind idea of, actually worked. It was a kind of art for all. But after that, we, th we felt we have to leave something behind. Yes. That was, th that's why we invented... First, we invented a, the so-called photo piece, we call it that. Now we call them uh, pictures. No? Uh -huh. And so all of a sudden, like drinking, no? Let's do drinking pieces, no? It's quite a, a modern idea to do. That's what we are, no? We are totally human and we drink too much. Make art about that. No? It's a Western ideal. Yeah. And then we did the, the, what they call them, the cherry blossoms. We went to Japan and we were so fascinated by the cherry blossom trees, no? So we did this new... Us in the cherry blossom, no? because that means the, the, what you, you are the first one to fight. No? The cherry yeah. blossom yeah. is the first to come up and yes. then the first one to disappear. First, so one, to, first one to yeah, die. Like blossom a modern, yes, a modern fighter. No? That's what we felt we were at that time. Right. And then we did a mental, Rebels. when we thought, no, we did the, the, the mental. Mental? The mental, yeah. that, like we were nearly going mental, so we did that. <laughs> well, I feel like if you're living sculptures, like you talked about, there's a work I love called Spit on Shit, yeah. which is literally a big gob of spit dripping onto a shit. <coughs> now, as living... 95. Say again? It was 1995. 95, 96. yes. So as <coughs> like uh, living sculptors... Whatever comes out of your body is art, if you are living as art. So why shouldn't you access in, access in things as... As it is for the viewer who's yeah. looking at that picture. Yeah. Who's very, very is, that, is your shit, though, is it? Yes. How do you get that? How do you photograph your <laughs> you shit? You have a good story about that, Georgia. They won't ask us. <laughs> when we went to the... Uh, <laughs> South London show. The press, press view. Every, there were so many journalists, because everybody feels... They, they all wanted every silly magazine turned up for that, yeah? and the most common question was, "Where do you get them from?" Yeah, and, which, and then I got so sick of it. So everyone that came, I said, "Harrods." Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you? But I tell you, I tell you, a very like a little net that you catch. Yeah, you go down, paper, no? go down in the morning, ha have a jobby, yeah, take, take it, it down, and we have a put it on a piece of cardboard, take it into the studio, and where, then where we have a special arrangement. Special to arrangement to put it on, and we take the images. Like a little plinth for yes, it. Yes, but we take well, all our like images. Like if you're going to a studio to have your image taken, no? <coughs> yes. Right. It's, a subject, it's quite subject. exciting because all the images in our art are taken by us. 
Yes. No assistant. With ca- with a camera, with a, yes. like an SLR, no, film, no, digital or... Digital, uh, Nikon cameras. Nikon obviously. digital, right. But we always took the images ourselves, every single one, because all a lot of artists had assistant. We never had that. So how do you set these up? Like the one but it's, still, but it's, still, it's still not done with... The, we have to point that out, but it's still not done with the camera. Oh. No, because it's not a photograph. You, you take negatives. Is that what you mean? That's, that's what, but what I, what I was going to say, we, we say that as well. It's another way out. But the other way is we say we do it with our heads, our souls, and our sex. Ah. There are thousands and millions of cameras. They didn't take shit and spit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else does it. Yeah. A very good story about that. What, what was the picture again? Spit on shit. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the most famous Phoenician collector went into our New York gallery some years ago now and said... I don't know why, but I want to buy something. I don't know what I want to buy. Tell me what I should buy that I wouldn't... I want to be, you to tell... He never did. He said, you tell me what to buy. Yeah. And the dealer said, come and have a look at this. And he bought that. And it's been, yes. been there again. And they, they, they it. it's by his dinner he table, it. isn't it, apparently? That they eat by it and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that the family eat by this, this... It's by his family this. dinner table. <laughs> it, is, it is in Venice, in fact. I think that we see us. But I, I also like that idea because I've heard you, as I was talking about that negative, so it's the, the negative that's being taken, not the photograph. In the, in Which the, is techni- technically Technically true. is, yeah. But, but also this idea of against the artist's hand. So if yes. you think of these like very precious paintings that are like, you know, you, you get to see the expression of their hand. Like the way that you guys create art is very that, yeah. removed that. which Your I hand is removed, yes. But it is still based like, let's say, a, a Renaissance art with layers. Right. It's not an image. There are layers, one, two, three, hundreds of layers in our pictures. Mm. Just sculpture. Yeah, because you have the lantern, you have the figure, the boy, the leaf and all the stuff, all layers. And then we are manipulating every layer, every eye is manipulated. It's to make it in some way artificial. Our vision that inside has to be more important than what it is normally. That's why we're creating, and it's all done by ourselves. That's quite the interest. Like we take, before doing a group of pictures, maybe now we take like 5,000 shots. Wow. And we are laying them, we have what they call contact sheets, and we we have all these books that we open up and see what is speaking to us. It's all about what is speaking to us. What is the morality of today that we feel something? Yeah. On a practical level, are you using computers and Photoshop? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. 20 yes. years. Because these new works downstairs, yeah, they feel so contemporary in the sense yes. of that. Yeah, like done by us. Futuristic kind of... But, but, my, my, but mind you, f- five years before we moved on to computers, all the young kids said, which computer are you using? Right. They all assumed we were. Because the language is the same, in fact. The, Photoshop. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a similar It's very idea. simple. Like we had this big enlarger, the, the, what are called, the projector. Horizontal. Stuff, yeah. Horizontal enlarger. And then Ilford went out of business. Mm. We couldn't buy paper the anymore. The film, the paper, yeah. And that was his finish. And then just, we then the somebody right introduced it to a computer. We learned it very fast. It's very funny because I, we didn't know. We never touched a computer, no. So... So we went to see people, and they would charge £1,000 a day to, to train us. <laughs> and then we started to be very fast ourselves. Yeah, I bet you are. Yes. Like, we're going to get this done in one quick, day. Quick learners then. <laughs> we are learning that, that we are able to do it ourselves, totally. Yeah. We have an assistant who is doing the emails for us that we don't touch. You again. Yeah. And he's printing out our images. But the art, what is this art, it has always been done by us. 
What about iPhones? Is that something that you've you picked up on and you no, use? No, we don't have a mobile even. You again has a mobile, yeah. You don't. So you just have your landline at home? Yes. Yeah. An answer machine. Yeah, yeah. Old school. We, we never we don't, need, we don't need more, really. Yeah. Would, uh, you was talking about if memory. We needed, if we needed it, we would do it. Yeah, yeah. of course. We, we would learn that. We were talking about memory earlier, and I, I feel like with you guys, you retain so much because you're such creatures of habit, because you've kept the same routine for so long that in some ways everything is kind of easily remembered because of that. Does that make sense? We, we, we believe in order. Yeah. Yeah. So during... Simplicity and order, that's our motto. It's so simple arranged, right? Because we design all the catalogs are designed by us. But we are done in so and all the designs of the installations are all designed by us. We make models and all the stuff. And so, but it's all simple. Once we go near to other people, that's so complicated. Once you let something out of your hand, it's, there's, there's no end to what can go wrong. And yeah, I love that precision though, and that kind of like dedication. Because I've heard you just you used describe... to be a waiter. That's why. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> But it used, but I, <laughs> it used to be a waiter. Um, but I, I heard that idea of like solitary kind of, you know, being solitary can lead to freedom. Oh, it's of course. Yes. Of course. I love that though. It's so, it's it's so true, but I think people forget it. So um, what has it been like this, this period then as creatures of habit? Because there's a restaurant that you eat in every night, uh, the same restaurant in Dalston you go to and you have lunch at a certain place and breakfast at a certain place. The, what's been going on with the lockdown and COVID and that's affected me? We can be sad for our places. We can't, oh. But can't how, has, how has that changed you both? How has that Not affected really. the work? And uh, I, I just think I, horrible. You have to go to shops. Once this thing is over, I never want to set foot in a shop again. Well, you don't have a kitchen at home either, no, do but you? We never, that's where we have to go shopping now. We, and there are crumbs in the studio. We never have breadcrumbs in the studio. It's disgusting. We only, washing, washing dishes. Oh! We only right, used to have instant coffee and milk. That's it. So yeah, what are you still doing that now? The house. That we, we still have. We still do that, but now we have Yui uh, Gang who is buying for us, and we do it as well. But mostly we are on bread and water. So bread, that's bread, bread, that's bread and water. Bread and ham and cheese. <laughs> and that's what you're living on? Yes. Anything is simple. Do you do like, take, like Uber Eats? Do you no, get no, no. No, it's very funny because at the, the, the beginning of the... Lockdown, we asked our restaurant to send some dishes, yeah. but then they closed down, and we made two artworks after that. Beautiful, beautiful. Because we realised how beautiful the the television screen shaped lids of the takeaway boxes. Yeah, they're this very distinctive shape, yeah. aren't they? And the the boys of, of which we are very fond and big friends was wrote little messages on them for us, so we use those in the. In, the, in the, a, a picture, fantastic. And what did they say? Uh, one, one says onion salad by baby because <laughs> we always call him baby, yeah. and he signs it baby. Yeah. <laughs> All these, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing, in jokes. it's amazing <laughs> locked memory of a time of extraordinary. It's quite exciting because restaurants are very thin. Once we like one, we stay there until they close down, finish. The most famous, the Market Cafe, that we went there 30 years until they closed down. <coughs> and we went there twice a day. <coughs> where, where the market traders went, the Spitalfields. Yes. Yeah. Lunch, uh, breakfast and lunch all the time. And we became, for us, they were the greatest people we ever met, the two, Clyde and Phyllis. Just extraordinary, magic, totally. Self-taught. 
working like what they call for free, for nothing. And we, at the beginning, when we started to go into the market cafe, we were not allowed in. The market porter tried to chuck us out all the time. So we were just allowed to sit inside the door for a year, maybe. But we went there 20 or 30 years after that. And we actually, Tower Hamlet always tried to lock, uh, to close them down down because somebody else wanted to buy the restaurant. And we fought for that nonstop. And we actually went in and they wanted more toilets. We redid it. We helped him doing the toilet. We did the roof. We painted it all up. They make it all normal again. It was just fantastic. Mm. Did they save a table for you? Do all these restaurants save tables for you? No, the the Cockneys were very aggressive at that time. Horrific. Even though you were there, like there were many, loyal. there were many restaurants, you, cafes you couldn't go to at that time. And what is the now? That no, you know the, the big wholesale market there, when it was the fruit and veg market, Spitalfields Market. Yeah, you could look right through from front to back and the side. It was big, and we always you could see these huge mountains of orange boxes and things. We always wanted to walk through. Yeah, you could, see, you could see all the traders going through and the trolleys going. So it'd be nice to go. But the minute you set one foot, it's <laughs> just appalling tribalism. <laughs> really, really, so aggressive. <clears throat> now we, we are, are, we are fantastic. Co- co- I mean, those same people now that sort of 50 years later have had a heart attack and side of their faces collapsed and they see and say, oh, good old days, wasn't it? All the news coming to cafe and the market and all that. <laughs> Totally forgotten it. (laughs) And then, I mean, we always had fantastic... Then we had this amazing Korean restaurant in Highbury, Islington, where we used to see Boris Johnson every night. Before he was Boris. Before he was the mayor. He went in for a a takeaway every night. 1990, I think it was. He he stood out because he used to bring his bicycle into the restaurant and put it flat on the floor. Put it flat on the floor. Yeah, like like, like kids step like over kids. it. Yeah, like kids do outside of shops now. Have you noticed that? Chucking yeah. down in a sort of teenage. What thing, people just had to step over it if yeah. they wanted. Yeah. And we used to, and a, a, year, a year later it turned out to be the mayor of London. There and we used to see him many times bicycling, what they call near Shoreditch, up to Islington. And he used to shout, "Hello, Gilbert! Hello, George!" Not that we ever met him, but he'd say hello. He was a great supporter. We think he, I think he deserves all the help and support he can have. It's a, what a nightmare job, the dear man. Extraordinary. For, for the he, he, ma- he managed to be a, uh, the mayor of London, not the Tory mayor of London. He was the mayor of London. Mm-hmm. He's very good. Mm-hmm. He got Brexit done. <coughs> we got the bikes, didn't he? The Boris bikes. The bikes, <laughs> the the bikes work, are yes. <laughs> for the yeah. works downstairs in the show, yeah. um, when we see you in them, you have these very direct stares, and there you are, like pr- the artist is present in that in that moment, you know, with the viewer. The super tramps, yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, are you actually in those locations, or or, or are the photos of you? No, taken no, they are the, the real studio? locations. They, they are. The are real so ones. You are actually in those. But locations. They're, they're, they're always they're always two images, but two bl- images. blended One, together. I take George. George take oh, me. Oh, that's how you do it. So you're never posing together. They're always a separate. Yeah. I take George. Oh, George take see. me. See, because we were trying to work it out earlier. Yes. We were but like we the are, practicality behind it. We, we needed to understand. Uh, but we are so clever, you wouldn't see. You are clever. Hey. You are clever. <laughs> when did you I start? I think you thought we were a bit daft. <laughs> 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 when did you start wearing the suits? And how many suits have you got? And why have we not had the V&A they're, they're, Gilbert and George they're, they're, show? They're, we need a they're, V&A they're, show, seriously. They're wearing, we need some new suits. We, they're wearing out. It started out because when we went to see all these galleries, no, we had to dress up. That's your manifesto. Yeah, dress up. No? Yeah. The suits, no? I only had one suit. You had one then. Yeah. This, the, the ones that you bought around the corner for £20 or something. Yes, yeah, so I had a very good second-hand suit. Yes, that's why you started off. 
and then became it became an amazing image. It became an amazing classless thing. You can go anywhere in the world and people respect it. You said they wouldn't search you, you, you hardly ever search it before, yeah. yeah you yeah. get a restaurant table in any restaurant in the world with a suit. Extraordinary. And we, we we went one year to Lis Lisbon and they said the best restaurant is this super posh one near the so we went there. And we were totally unknown. It's not because they knew us. And and at the door there's a very grand head waiter. Uh -huh. And they said, Do you have a table for? Her? And he just said, We always have a table for great artists this way, gentlemen. Mm. <laughs> That wow. was in Malta. I remember Malta, that. Malta. Malta. And, and not, what not, not, not because we had an exhibition or anything. It's very funny. And another time, we had a show in, Mon in Monte Carlo, and we stayed in a grand hotel, no? and all these rich people all dressed up in jeans, no? but we were with you. No? So they all thought we were, we, were, we were working in the hotel. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were management. We were always waiting in the morning for you again to come from his hotel. And yeah. people come and ask for the bar and I always give them the wrong directions. Which <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with the colours that you've used in these new photos yeah. for the suits. I said to Russ, like, if you had your own suit line, those gregarious, bright, vibrant colours, I would be all over it. I'm terrified that it looked sometimes too much like Ma Michael Portillo, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're extraordinary. Have you ever considered releasing like your own line of Gilbert and George suits that off the peg people could buy? <laughs> We never do that stuff. People can do stuff like this. They all, they're they allowed to do whatever they want, <coughs> images and all that. That's all free. Never. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So you don't copyright every image? No, no, no. We, we all try to think it's very simple. Democratic. Because it, only the one picture that we sign, that's the real piece and that's about it. Yes. Yeah. We kept, to, we I kept love, to that. I love how inclusive you are as well for like every sort of audience member. Like you can come even to this White Cube show and buy a poster oh, yeah. that's signed by you oh, in you such guys. a beautiful very, way. Very important. And so many of my friends have them in their homes all around the world. You know, these signed posters by you. And they're beautifully made. Is yeah, that something that's important? It's incredibly important that because 99% of the people who stop us in the street here or in other countries who say, I love your oil. Yeah. And we say, which, which exhibition? Oh, none of them have been to an exhibition. Yeah. Mm. It it's gets through somehow or other. And that's, that's the other good story about, like, the Lisbon, the recognition story. We had to go for a... We, it wasn't for a show, but we were in Amsterdam one day to do with the buying a picture or something. Anyway, and we had a, the afternoon free, so we just wandered around Amsterdam... Oh. And we did wander down the street where the sex shows are. Yeah, of course. And they all have the totes outside. Yeah? It's, I don't think they have them now, but this is 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they all would say, uh, live fucky fucky show starts. Only 12 guilders starts in five minutes. Live fucky fucky show starts. Morning Gilbert, morning George. Live fucky fucky <laughs> show starts in five minutes. Only 12 guilders. <laughs> what a magic moment. What a magic moment. Oh, it made it. Do you think? Made it. Even well, it's quite exciting. It didn't because an we not, that he'd, not that he'd, be, yeah. he'd never been to an exhibition, right? I just knew you were. But uh, you know that in Holland, uh, we did this interview with Theo van Gogh, the, the one who was killed. You don't remember that? Very famous in Holland. The only living male descendant of van Gogh oh, yeah. is, is a, was a, a very famous... Oh, Theo, the brother of... Theo. His brother? No, not brother. No, no. no the, brother the young... The, the son of one, of one brother or something, or sister, I don't know. Because his Theo was brother, Theo. He? So it must have been Theo's son. son. It's probably grandson. Grandson. Yeah. Right. Anyway, he was murdered, and he did a big interview with us, and they did an opera out of it. Really? The whole called the Naked Shit Songs. 
What's it called? The Naked Shit Songs. Naked Shit Songs, yeah. It's a very beautiful opera, extraordinary. Yeah. Wow. wow. You, you can see it online. It's a film of it somewhere. Yeah. So as, as artists that were courting fame, wanting fame, <laughs> desiring it's fame... Not, it's not fame. We never used that. We wouldn't think of it as fame. So did you want to be famous artists? Mm. Yeah. In the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. But now you it. are, like you're saying, you, people know who you are. What does success and fame feel like to Gilbert and George? Next thing. Not enough. <laughs> next thing, not enough. Never enough. Never enough. No. Under the but do you because, feel because, satisfaction, because... though, the fact that you are now so, and I, and I know you hate the term national treasures, <laughs> but now that you have that sort of level of recognition and respect and acknowledgement and excitement, does that feel satisfying? It isn't, doesn't feel like that because we it's always have the anti and pro and anti non-stop going on. And the changes all the time, the new, the, we don't look at it all cautious anymore, stuff like that non-stop going on. So you're battling that? We Do still you, have the enemy. Who is the enemy? They're still there. They're all changing all the time. They're all around. Who is it now? There are some middle, some, some Di- young, different, young, different. young, what do you call... Even, even, even our stuff. Austrian dealer who looks after Paris for us as well. Today's Rupak, he opened a yeah. space in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a, a very successful Austrian person because Austrian people don't become that successful like today's, right? Having a gallery in... Global. Even in New York, he wants to open things. And, and uh, he, he knows all the high society in Austria and things. It's a very small world. <clears throat> so he knows the lady who married Prince Michael, for, it, for instance, right? <clears throat> so because of that connection, Prince Michael has a sort of casual interest in Tadeus and they meet once or twice a year or something because of London and everything. So one day <clears throat> they meet and Prince Michael says, uh, how's everything at the gallery, young man? Yeah. And Tadeus was doing very well, very pleased. We're opening another branch. And as a matter of fact, I'm opening an exhibition of Gilbert and George next week. And Prince Michael says, oh, no, not those two. <laughs> So they are there. And, and we have another story about Dennis Thatcher. Why would they say that? <coughs> we have another story of Dennis Thatcher that we, somebody sent us a book with the inside. It's the last volume, it, of, volume of Thatcher. I, I don't know exactly where it came from. <coughs> Anyways, but, but it the, seems... The, the scene is Margaret Thatcher sitting on the sofa doing her guest... Doing her, I don't know. I yes, somebody must have been for her yeah. to invite artists as well. Known. And so Dennis Thatcher saw this list. And what did he say? Oh, no, not those two. Right, okay. So it's kind of like the so it's still, elite. It's still working in a way. It's yeah. the elite. Even with those are, pe- yeah. We think even with those people it's working. Yeah. Even we, have, the, we, have, the, we have spoken to the exactly, those people. Exactly, for them to not want you yes. means that you've, you've, you've created we've, we've a reaction. Reached, yeah. We've reached them. But also it's the cool thing is stomping out the work yeah. will yes. continue that role forever. That's what's so cool. <laughs> is that, like, that's a, what I love about art. <laughs> is it's it quite extraordinary, even the story about the Royal Academy, because they, they tried to make us Royal academies for years and years and years. They always wanted, and we never wanted. Even the telephone, like, what's the name? Norman Rosenthal and, and Philip King even telephoned us and asked, David Hawkins telephoned they wanted to go into. We didn't want it. And one day we decided, yes, maybe we could do a big show there. They convinced us, yeah. They convinced us. And we because they said they wanted to be modernised. We said, but you're old-fashioned. I said, I went to art school in Devon. Not one art school teacher ever set foot in the Royal Academy. Mm. I went to art school in Oxford. Not one teacher ever went to the Royal Academy. Mm. Never put up a picture there. Mm. Went to St Martin. No, nobody 
It's an old-fashioned thing. Oh, but we want to change. We want to be modern. We need help like people like you. You're trendy and everything. And every time we tried to help, like they, they thought, anyway, three or four occasions, that they, they wanted something. And the minute you, then they say no. And the same thing with now. They quartered us like mad. And when you give in and say, okay, well, then they, down comes the poor colours, yeah. They just want to know that you fancy you, them. And, <coughs> and not only that, it was a it unanimous like decision not to do the show with us. That's quite extraordinary. For who, what? Unanimous decision yeah. not to do the show. Mm. If the, the show was dated, that's the most extraordinary thing. And then they said, oh, but it'll just have to go through the committee. It's a, it's a formality. It's just a rubber stamp, you know. Mm. And so we said, it's fine then. And then to their amazement, the committee all said no. Hello. So we think it's something they've done... Everyone thinks that they've done something wrong. bad to us. They've done something to themselves as well. Mm. But we will have a... another big show somewhere here. We know that. Mm. You know, it's interesting on the opposite side of that is that there's so many artists I know that are really inspired by you, including our mutual friend um, Oliver Hemsley. Uh, Hemsley yes. Who is the reason when I did the intro and I mentioned the shit being in your work, that was in my consciousness right now because Oliver, we did an interview with him recently about his work, and he said that walking into a, a museum when he was about 15 or something, he saw one of your photos that had shit in it. Flying shit. Flying piss or, you know, it whatever it is. It was flying shit. That's right. It was in the South London Gallery. The yes. flying shit pictures. So he saw the flying shit pictures and it made him, it sort of shook him in, in, in his, you know, uh, soul to kind of think, wow, this is possible, and almost gave him permission to think about and perceive what art could be in a different it way. It could be anything. And yes. yeah, and it could be anything. Oof. So, how important is that for you? And can you speak a bit about your friendship with Oliver as well? Uh, how did it happen? He came to see us. Came to see us, and we were, we were, and we still are very, very shocked because the, the idea of teenage gay bashing Muslims yes. is just the worst thing in the world. Yeah? They all moved back to. And then, then they, the police managed to find out the name of the three boys, but at that point they were on a mid flight to Bangladesh. Where they'd be giving him, they'd be given a medal for gay bashing, not <laughs> probably be returned to the British. Mm. Right. What a what a nightmare! And he came. That, that, still, that still is there. Yeah. He came to see us, and he wanted. He was talking about what he called trying to arrange a. Uh, he, he wanted to not be angry and furious about it all, so he started this charity. Art a charity for art artists, knives, young people, and stuff. And that like didn't that. work out very well because he smacked in the building that he organised for them. Yeah. And Gilbert said, forget their charity. Just Do your art, no? Yeah. Don't, don't feel good or bad about what happened. Don't, don't neither. Just and, nil. And then, because it was a year ago, he did a small show in uh, Highgate somewhere. Mm -hmm. We went up there. Oh, he loved them. Mm. I thought there were extraordinary pictures of himself. Mm. Mm. The, what he, how, how he feels without uh, half a body. Just extraordinary. We bought a picture... And then he gave us, and then he started, he moved outside London and he had a new studio there. And he started to do this a big, what do you call, why did he make them so big? Because he, he did them like that, or, uh, horizontal, mm. but they arranged for vertical mm. because he cannot stand up anymore. So he did them vertical. He, he, miss, he misses being a tall man. And mm. so but they look extraordinary to me. Yeah. It's so personal, so extraordinary. Personal. He himself, you know. I think we would have like to show, a show one day of him. Amazing spirit. Yes, please. Before that, your connection to younger artists feels so important that you've always been very open and very 
Um, only certain artists. Only certain artists, yeah. <laughs> but it feels like they, they've been really fundamental to their practice. And there's someone else that we touched on earlier is David Rebilliard, who for me is an absolute hero, who was an artist who died in 1988 uh, of AIDS complications when he was 36, which felt like he was on the crest of a wave of greatness. And you guys were dear friends of him and supported him and his partner, Andrew Head, who died yes. a few years later. Can you talk a bit we, about we, him? We, we never had better friends. I mean, Andrew Heard, he, he was a waiter at the Blitz. Oh, and he wow. came up, came to out here and said... It's a very good... What did he say? He said, he said, he said it's a little, little bit embarrassing because I'm, I'm serving here and uh, I'm studying you at college. May I present you with a bottle of Coke de Rhone? And he put it on the table. <laughs> but then he went away. It, it wasn't open. We couldn't even drink the bloody stuff. Yeah? And then... He was so embarrassed. Yeah? And right. then he introduced us to David Robillard, and it must have been in 79, I think, already. The Haywood met, Gallery. At the Haywood Gallery, when we had the big show there. We, we had, no, it was not our show there. It was we had a group show. Yeah. We were part of the group. And then we went all back to the Blitz Hotel and the Blitz restaurant, uh, and then he be, behaved extraordinarily, you know. And that was it. David was so badly behaved. Was he? Like what? Like... To turn your head and the bump was in, in your face and stuff like that. And, and he, used to, he used to say to, uh, especially girls at the time, look who's coming in, look, just look who's coming in. When the girl would be fascinated, he would very quickly pee in their glass of wine. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Non-stop stuff like that. But uh, it is exactly like the what was the film on Channel 4 now they had there? Uh, what was it there? Uh, it's, it's a sin. It's a sin. That's the Rebellion's story. Totally. That's the Rebellion's story. Yeah. He came from an island and He's he... Richie Tozer. He's uh, the lead totally, boy in it. Totally. Right. Yeah. And then he became a worker, what they call And then we, we made him do poetry and we did the first... We it's made him do drawings, wasn't he? And yeah. he came to... Guns, Guns. And you guys published his first poetry book. And, yeah. and even drawings, we made him do drawings and all of that. And yeah, then we bought the canvases. He did it all, but in bits of paper in his pocket. And we said, it's not good enough just like that. Yeah, they're fantastic. They were, they, he used to do the drawings of people yeah. in, in nightclubs, just a little head, just exactly. You, you knew exactly that person, just yeah. perfect. We said, do, do it as a work of art. And then he, mm. then he got cracking. He was extraordinary. And, he, and you guys all hung around together and... Oh, no, no, non-stop, we were here. He used to come... Up until recently, if, if anyone by chance knocked on the door on a Friday night... That's when he used to come. We used to we used to go up to the a different Turkish one. We'd have dinner, and then he would run. He would run to the bell for the rest of the night. Yeah, and what, he was very good in finding models for us. It was a period in nineteen. He loved doing in, that. In so eighty-seven hard. or something, he came. Not that he needed an excuse to chat up young people, but it gave him an added excuse to chat. Up. So we had a little book that we had. To, we paid them fifty pounds or something pounds for a model session, no? the, and he used work. to come one after another. No? It's extraordinary. And they all, their dress was Mickey Mouse all the time. No? They, never, they never signed properly, right? Cause he was incredibly handsome as well, right? He was lovely looking, yes. lovely looking. But he was another total outsider. Yeah. Self-taught yeah. poetry, all self-taught, rejected by the family because they were Jehovah's Witnesses. They were religious, yeah. yeah. Well, I think his family, his sisters and even the, there are still they're the, high up in the church there, I think. And the parents came to see him, but they, we saw him die, but not them, because they were at the hotel. They were at the hotel, I didn't go and see we, him. We, no, we fixed, we fixed, David wanted to see his mummy, yeah? 
because he was, he was going. And they, they weren't coming, so we had to arrange for them to come. And we arranged a hotel just near any other hospital because we knew they were country people and they wouldn't know. So it was within 20 yards of the... And they didn't like the hotel, it turns out. And they went to a sort of Guernsey hotel in the suburbs, which meant they weren't when he died at all, in fact. Yeah. Horrific. What hospital was that? The one that demolished the... What do you call it? Where was it? Near... What's it called? The pink... The car, pink yeah. It's still there. It's the big modern one next to it now, right. near Euston. No, not near Euston. <coughs> it was... Was it an eight yeah, hospital? Yeah, because the... The, the, wing with that? the room was, yeah. Oh, the middle set. No, no, set, no. it wasn't. No, it was in uh, the one off Tottenham Court Road. Is it called the Middlesex? Yeah, maybe it's Middlesex. No, the one that demolished. That was the one that had the AIDS wing that had the AIDS. Yes, that's, yeah, that's yeah. it. He moved two or three times, I think. But he was in that one as well, but yeah. not when he died. And yeah. the, the extraordinary thing that when Andrew Heard died, we were roughly the only people there and the boyfriend then. And he didn't. He did not accept AIDS. That's it. Sure, Andrew. Andrew died of shame more than of nearly. Yeah. He just couldn't believe that he'd contracted it. I mean, that must he said to the doctor, you must, "There must be some mistake. Could you have another test?" I, I'm sure I don't have it. Yeah. But he sure. never mentioned the word. But David or Billiard always mentioned that. I well, really I AIDS. He introduced I, himself as it. He, he took it. Claimed he told, it he? when he came to our rooms, he went round to everybody. I've got AIDS, you know. I've got AIDS. And we did a, we did an amazing picture of him with the sweating arms and uh, AD. Oh, I've not seen that. AD as in Anu Domino, but as in... And Andrew, uh, what about the... AIDS David. AIDS David, it's called. It's just a big sweating picture. He, he oh, had I the sweat. That. That. It's an extraordinary that. picture, that one. But I mean, that time, though, that you lived through as like a, a queer couple, you must have experienced so much... Of the AIDS epidemic around you, you must. Have it was a nightmare. It was years before I thought that I probably didn't have it. Yeah. So you never got tested. You was like one. Of the people, like, we're not going to do it. Nobody, nobody we knew got tested, mm. unless you got ill or something. Yeah. And we did the AIDS pictures, one whole show. Yes. Maybe it was. Uh, those. Okay. Was half a million pounds. But uh, D- David lives on in some strange way. He has a cult following in North America, a little bit in Europe. And That's right. He's always popping up. Um, Russell actually has a work in his flat that I saw got, today. So I was thinking about his work. This Amazing. I'm trying yeah. to do something Amazing. with him. I'm, I've got stuff out at the minute, pitching to bring back, just to get his poetry out, just to yeah. get that read, because it's so timeless, so contemporary, yeah. and especially now. and especially yeah. In your face, in a fantastic in face, way. No other, I never like poetry, but when I read his, I love it. I love it. It's up to date. It's like our pictures. Timeless as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like our pictures, opening the door. And <clears throat> yes, it was quite extraordinary. But we have a lot of his drawings that he gave us. Mm. Not paintings, but little drawings. Quite a lot. But because even his booklets, all the, what they call, the address was 12 Street in the back. It was your address, wasn't yeah, it? All if, if found, yeah. Because he never had a proper place where so he lived, not really. Because yeah. he knew it would come back to him. He was right. the only person who was allowed in. Whenever he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> we have a work downstairs called Garden Walk, and I—that's where 
his studio was. Him and Andrew yes, shared the studio yes. garden the book. Last. Garden book. Yeah. And I, I sometimes go and stand outside there on a dog walk and just imagine. The building's still there. Yeah. The building's still there. And I just imagine, I don't know what floor he was on. Do you know what floor? Second floor. Second floor. First floor. First he was on the first floor. Great, but that helps me out visualise it because <laughs> I stand outside and I imagine that life lived mm. and what that was. And I'm connected to him because I feel like it could have been me. It he was, feels like he was yeah. me. Yeah. It was such a struggle. There was a huge safe there, a huge safe, like a big wardrobe, which they they wanted to open, and then they got a locksmith, and he couldn't open it, and then they got a special one, and it was never opened. It's probably still unopened there, yeah. But it was an amazing struggle. Unbelievable. It's sad. But that is life. That is life. Well, we ask... Every guest, guests that come on, the same two questions at the end. And the first one is, if you could do an art heist and we will help you, so you could like go to a museum or a gallery or someone's home around the world, anywhere, and take home an artwork, which artwork would you steal? And why? And why? And it could be anything. It could be a sculpture or a building or anything you want, any size. <laughs> That's incredibly difficult. We're not, we don't belong to the gallery going class. We like to... Very snobbishly yeah, say, maybe maybe we would take home the eros of Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Love that. Yes. The eros. Why the eros? And he's a famous character, isn't he? On purpose. Isn't there a reason why he's pointing down towards the water? The arrow of the arrow. Yeah. yeah. It's it's quite interesting. It's it's dedicated to Lord Shaftesbury that nobody knows that yeah, who stopped children working in factories, oh. and and there he is with teenagers running around. Looking for work. From what who did it? That we favor. The sculptor is. It escapes me for a moment. The sculptor. The sculptor is very important it, as well. It's a very good one. We did a picture with that in, called Eros, called, called love, because it love is associated in some particular or strange or whatever way with Piccadilly, you know, historically. Yeah? Right. 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 Well, it's like the arrow. Who's the who's the god who has the arrow of love with a heart in the end? Cupid. Cupid. Eros is quite similar to Cupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we love all these uh, Edwardian sculptures in the city. They're our favourite. No? These Edwardian. We like in general Edwardian London no? yeah. because they must have been so rich that this is extraordinary buildings. I mean, we are the biggest collectors of nineteenth century vases, furniture, fabrics. And all that stuff. Where do you find them? Where do you go shopping for your antiques? Not so much anymore. Mm. We had to, we used to go to special dealers, and we became very f- close friends of them because there are so few who are interested in this kind of subject, mm. and we pe- we became fascinated because they were not loved. Mm. They were discriminated against. Mm. This period of history. Oh yes, still is in certain. Why? What? Because they were just saying. Oh, it's it a horrible Victorian. Yeah. Right, snobbery. This, this repressive people, all, yeah? it's all a big, big misunderstanding. They were all giants, in fact, they were. Giants. World giants. What was the second question? What is your favourite colour? Hmm? What is your favourite colour? It have to be red, no. We use it more than yeah. any other colour. Because yeah. it's good for danger, danger love, blood. Love. We use, it was the first colour that we used, red. It's, it's a very strange story because we used to go to have the films developed in a little place and on the shelf there were little tiny bottles and we said, what are the bottles? 
They said, the colours. We said, what, what do you need colours for? They said, when we, get, when we develop colour films, there's little spots and we have to touch them out. Wow. And so we thought, is, is there, is there, is there a colour that's... And red was good. So we said, but, but how can we get a large quantity of that? And they gave us the name of the person who made it. He made it in his garage in the suburbs, this colour and bottled it up, because the people who buy those little bottles only buy it once every 50 years, right? Mm. It's a tiny pin pinprick of each mm. colour they need. Yeah? Then for five years, we only used red. In 1980, we, cho we chose red, green, and blue, and yellow. Mm. We had to find colour, because we didn't start off like a child starts off with the box of crayons, mm. or an artist starts off with the box of all the paints, right? We, we, we didn't start with that. I like the fact you're unified. You both said red. It's like you think as one. <laughs> first first <laughs> colour. It was the first colour. First colour. Yeah. Took us five years to find any other colour. Wow. All the red, all the mental pieces, the red morning pieces, the, what do you call it? Uh, and even the dirty words. Dirty words. They have the only colour in Black it. and white and red, black and white and red. What's a secret of East London that only Gilbert and George know that we should all now discover? I wouldn't know that. Well, like you said about like Oscar Wilde, where he bought the opium and <laughs> stuff like that. And they're, and they're like these hidden. Oh, you want to know that one? No, yeah. I'm not telling you that one. <laughs> it's gone, it's gone now. But are there any hidden like places where you know an event happened that we might not know, or we can like make a pilgrimage to, or? No, I wouldn't know it. There's one dodgy, naughty club which is still open despite all of the... I'm not going to give you that number. You probably know which it is anyway, no? No. Oh. What happens there? The same as normal. Oh, like a sex club? Oh, a sex club? And that's still it's, open? It's not, it's not called that, but... OK, that, and that's been throughout the lockdown, that's still been open for business. Very nice. Yeah. Well, you can find that. On that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been, been so wonderful amazing. spending Thank time you. with you. Thank and, you very much. Um, for everyone listening now, um, you must head over to White Cube in um, Mason's Yard in central London. It's just very close to Green Park, obviously. And um, see New Normal Pictures, which is running... To the 1st of May, but they open, I think it, it will be open the 12th of April. It's open online now. But online at the moment, all our pictures about... The, you can come in in the, I think, the twelfth of April. Amazing. So okay, from the twelfth of April. And cheap catalogues. That's very yeah. important. And the amazing posters and as the well. Post signed posters. Love. Yeah. And um, we will be posting images of every artwork we've spoken about on our Instagram. Yes. And uh, you, you guys aren't on Instagram, are you? No. No, not. You don't have someone running the nope. Instagram for you. No. Nope. But no. at White Cube yes. is on Instagram, so you can check that to see more details. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You it's so been such much. a privilege spending nice. time with you. Thank You're you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Crying <laughs> You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.